Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own healing journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. everyone and welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena and today my guest, my special guest is Linda Griffin and Linda is a published author, keynote speaker and writing and self-publishing coach who teaches coaches, consultants and other professionals how to capture their wisdom in a book making it accessible to more people who can benefit from it. In the process, her clients increase their authority and thought leadership position in their chosen market. Linda developed the Author Fast Track program based on her experiences in writing and publishing a book. She takes people from idea to book in hand in as few as 90 days. Wow. Okay. It's been nine years since I started my book, by the way, just saying. Anyway, after leaving a successful corporate career, Linda was looking for a new challenge and settled on entrepreneurship. She explored several niches and offerings, but none of them met her need to be of service to others while supporting her desired work-life balance. These included career coaching, general small business marketing, and niche marketing to the bed and breakfast industry. After publishing her first book, Linda came across so many other people who wanted to publish and decided to focus solely on helping thought leaders get published. For fun, Linda loves to make greeting cards, read mystery novels, and solve puzzles of all kinds. Get that. She lives in Virginia in the Washington, D.C. metro area with her dog, Bugsy. I love that too. And yes, I'm actually, I was, I was raised in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's something we have in common too. So um, I believe when we first met, I, you first reached out to me, but when I saw what you did and where you lived, I was like, oh, I want to meet her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I decided to reach back out. So yes. how are you doing today, Linda? I'm so grateful and happy that you're here. Thank you, Caroline. It is my pleasure to be on the podcast. I'm so excited. As you said, when I reached out to you, it was so intriguing, your whole idea of your life on the road. And I really wanted to get to know you a little bit better. And we had a conversation that led to our, our, our guest spot today. Yes, and it was, I, I'm just really happy because I love these meetings. I love the fact that um, we have opportunities like this to start connecting with people because literally, you know, before everything happened with the pandemic, it was all in our backyard and it was like, yes. we didn't get to meet people or see people anywhere else because we were so focused on that, on that, yes. uh, or in that, in the area type of thing. I mean, here and there we did it, but not mm -hmm. to the degree that we do that now. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I love meeting people. So it's a <laughs> for me. Yes, so. yes. This, uh, this whole um, Zoom and, uh, you know, Microsoft Teams and Google Meet and all of those platforms are really letting us reach out, as you said, beyond our boundaries, our normal boundaries. And where we used to do coffee in person, now mm -hmm. we do coffee chats over Zoom or over Google or something. And so it really, uh, in some ways, it has opened up our horizons even more so than before the pandemic. Right, right. And, the, and, and thank you for saying that because some things that have been coming up for me, it's like, 
the more I do my healing work, the more I feel like I'm connected with the rest of the world anyway. And mm -hmm. I love the idea of being able uh, to meet these, all these incredible people, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I've got, I've met people in the UK and Australia. Yes. Um, uh, I can't even, I mean, there's, there's, there's like four or five countries that I've been talking to people, mostly English speaking countries. Yes. Yeah. But it's, um, it's so amazing how this, how this worked itself out like this, but yes. um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to get started to get to know you a little bit better. And mm -hmm. um, I real recognizing I read your bio, but I'd like to, for you to go in like a little bit deeper into the kind of work that you do and how you help people. Sure, sure. Well, I, um, you know, I kind of start growing up because growing up, I was uh, the oldest of four kids. And so I tell people I, I have been a leader all my life because I bossed my brothers and sisters around <laughs> from oh, a very wow. early age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because uh, I really am a bits and bytes person. I was a mathematics major in college and um, I, my my career in corporate was with a technology company. So I, I, I've always said that I'm a bits and bytes person. And how did I get to become someone in the creative field and helping people write books, right? So uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a, a winding journey because uh, when I left my corporate career and started my company, I was doing um, small business marketing. And it was great because meeting so many different people who were trying to make a difference in the world with products and services. But what I found is that every time I got a new client, I had to learn a new language. So it was office products one week and accounting the next week and something else the following week. And I decided I wanted to specialize. And I decided to specialize in the travel and hospitality industry because I love to travel for fun. I've traveled a lot uh, around the U.S. and, and overseas. And, uh, and I picked the bed and breakfast industry because it was a niche area of travel and hospitality. Mm -hmm. So uh, my mentor at the time said, well, you should write a book because that's the easiest way to establish authority in a new marketplace because I didn't have any clients in that industry. And uh, silly me, there was a, a big international conference in January of the following year. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to write my book and launch it at that conference. Well, it was October and the conference was January. So I then set about trying to figure out how to get a book done in 90 days. And hence my, uh, my fast track program of getting a book done in 90 days. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error. I knew I couldn't get a traditional publishing contract because mm -hmm. that take, would take way too long. I knew I had to self-publish. And I just, uh, it was really an experience that I just, fire hosed myself into learning what to do and also learning how to write. Now, I had been doing some writing because I did have a blog. And so I, I was writing some things, but not on the magnitude of a book. But uh, through blood sweat, and blood, sweat, and tears, I did get that book done. And I launched it at that conference. And it opened a lot of doors for me in that, in that industry. So that was how I got, first got into writing books. And you learn how to how to help other people in the process, which yes. is really cool. And yes. you know, and to be honest with you, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, kind of right in the middle while I was doing your bio, 
um, because I was, I was like 90 days, holy cow, you know, cause mm -hmm. maybe it's been longer than nine years. I don't even know anymore, but I had initially mm -hmm. wanted to start doing something like a, um, what do they call that? A, a non fiction, fiction, nonfiction or creative yes. nonfiction, creative yes. nonfiction. Yeah. So it was more like a memoir, but mm -hmm. this, and I had run into things because it was my, my, uh, you know, ex the, the, the situation that I was going through at the time. Mm -hmm. And my goal was not to like bash the other people in, yes. <laughs> in this book, yes. but I couldn't, right. I wasn't in a space in myself mm -hmm. to be able to recognize what to do with it. So I couldn't right. do that and I couldn't figure out what else to do. So mm -hmm. fast forward, you know, however many years later, 12, 14, I don't know. It's, yeah. Um, I'm, I discover that, you know, I really want to get something out, but mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm like so focused on doing this stuff now that right. it's getting put on the right. back burner. So right. people like before, before we get into your, your, uh, the, your story, your mm -hmm. personal story, or as much mm -hmm. as you, you can tell, how mm -hmm. would you say to people who have been like pushing this back onto the back burner? Because it, yes. we all have something we need to express. And yes. writing a book is fantastic. And granted, we can't read all these gajillion books that are being put out on the market, but something will suit and fit someone who needs to hear our story. How do we get out of that, you know, and get yes. writing it? <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, Caroline, you bring up a very good point because my, my view of the world is that everybody has some wisdom to share. They either have something technical to share, they have lessons learned to share, they have, as you said, a memoir of here's my journey and you might be going through a similar journey. Um, and, and so my goal is to help people get that wisdom out to the people who need it and who are looking for it and searching for it. So one of the first things that I tell people when they're considering writing a book is, Think about your who and your why, right? Who is the person that is going to benefit the most from this book? And what, how would their life be better mm -hmm. after they read it, right? That always helps get people motivated. You're right. It has to become a priority. It has to be off of the back burner. And usually there's something, some catalyst that pushes it onto the front burner, right? Sometimes it's as simple as a birthday. I want to get this book done before my next big birthday, right? Or it's like with me, it was a conference. I wanted to launch that book at the conference. Or, uh, you know, sometimes it's you know, I, I want to write it for my kids. And so I need to get it out while they are still able to, to use it. So, so you look for your why, who is the person that is going to most benefit from it? And then how do you think their life is going to change? And that a lot of times will help move it to the front burner as opposed to the back burner. Right. Now it, it is an investment for sure in time. Um, and you have to be mentally ready. One of the things that I work with my clients on is um, providing that accountability to them, you know, that ongoing coaching that says, okay, we were going to try to do this this week. What, how much progress did you make? And sometimes that alone will help people focus on it. Mm -hmm. and, and then other things that we do is we pick a, you know, you have to let this book fit into your lifestyle, right? So if you're, as example, a busy mom and you've got to deal with the kids on, you know, during the day, 
maybe that first thing in the morning or that last thing at night is your, you carve out that time to focus on your book. Or if you're in corporate, maybe it's your lunch break. You, fo you spend that time focused on your book. So none of us can just go into, um, you know, go out into a desert island and write a book for, you know, six months or something, right? But we have to make it fit into our lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. And it's not easy to do that either because right. um, not only like for me, I do my best writing sometimes in the morning and mm -hmm. sometimes at night. And if I mm -hmm. schedule that time in, it doesn't always work because mm -hmm. some mornings I'm not ready to do that and some nights right. I'm not ready. And then the other piece of it too was this is something that's happened to me and I'm sure and I've heard that it happens to a lot of people. It's like as writers, there, it, we almost have like not maybe not all of us, but a lot of us who, who are hesitant have this like perfectionistic thing happening yes. where we have to set yes. our office up a certain way, yes. have to yes. you know, arrange everything and yes. make sure that the windows are in a certain direction yes. or yes. and that doesn't matter, does it? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it does. It, it actually does. Because well, not when you, you do it to, 10 times. I'm yes, yes, you, you, yeah, yeah, because you want to have whatever your environment is be conducive for creativity, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that is, you, you need to have your desk beside a window so you get the sunlight. Or, you know, maybe if you're writing with, in the midst of family, you've got to have the headphones on and music playing so that you can still be with family but you can be working on your book. So yeah, it absolutely does make a difference what your writing space looks like. And it has to be something that is conducive to creativity. Yeah, no, and I 100% agree with that. I'm just like me, I'm the person back in the day who would like mm -hmm. move things around. I'd move a pencil from here to here because I couldn't <laughs> get anything on the paper. So I'd be like, oh, well, maybe that's sitting over here. That'll yeah. help. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, point. you know, one of the things that also helps that I do uh, is we don't really work from an outline per se. We work from a mind map, which is Ooh. much more organic. So yes. we just put down what are the five things or the 10 things that you want to cover in this book in no order. And then you pick one of those things on the day that you're writing, you pick one of those areas to write in. After we get all of that done, then we structure the chapters to say, okay, what's the logical flow? And a lot of times that helps creativity because you, you, know, you try to start with chapter one and then your mind goes blank and you're stuck yeah. and you, you throw your hands up. But if yeah. you say, okay, I don't feel like writing on this topic today. I feel like writing on another one. Now you still have, you still have productivity in that, in that space. You know, that's really powerful because um, my age group, our age group, we mm -hmm. were taught this outline structure. Yes. Yes. And when we, when creatives can't get put into a box, it's impossible. Yes. So yeah. I've never, ever, and I've been wondering my entire life, why can't I write an outline? And yes. this is perfect because this is like, oh my gosh, because I'm yes. creative. Because I can't yes, that's right. Let flow whatever's coming let out. Let it flow. That's mold right. Mold it. Yes, that's yeah. right. Let it flow. Yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome. I like that mind map idea. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, why don't you Why don't you touch base real quick on your on your um, history, uh, if you want to share your story, just you know mm -hmm. whatever whatever you feel comfortable sharing. And sure, then we'll sure. On from that. 
Yeah, sure. Well, um, as I mentioned, I uh, grew up the oldest of four kids and um, my, uh, my parents, my mom was a school teacher. Uh, so people all of my life have said, aren't you a teacher? I'm like, no, I, I, my mom was a teacher, but I'm not. <laughs> Although I'm doing are. some form of teaching now with the coaching, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I, I grew up in uh, Alabama, so deep south. Ooh. And um, I, I went to a, I went to Auburn University, which at the time that I went, which was back in the 70s, uh, there were only about... Um, 200 African-American students on campus of a campus of 14,000. So as you can imagine, it was a big culture shock for me coming from my, my neighborhood into this big environment where truly I was a minority, right? Um, so that took some adjusting, to adjusting to that and making my way and still being successful and being able to graduate uh, you know, on time. And that, that was one of my goals, graduating on time. Uh, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, be hired right out of college by IBM. They were, they came to the campus to do um, some interviews. And because I was a math major, they were really looking for math majors at the time. And so I was, uh, I was lucky enough to, to get a job with them and came up to the DC metro area. And uh, I really had, um, such an interesting career. You know, these days people don't stay in one company for their entire career, but I ended up doing that because um, with a company that large, it was very easy to move around from group to group and focus on different areas of the business without ever leaving the, the big company, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's really where I learned entrepreneurship, believe it or not, because um, in the latter part of my career, we created this new service offering, and it was a very small, self-contained group, almost like a small business. So we had our own uh, sales force, and we had our own uh, delivery service, and we had our own sites where we, we gave the uh, information. And so I really learned from soup to nuts how to run a business from a marketing and sales perspective and from a service delivery perspective. So I, I really enjoyed that. But at some point, um, I decided that I really wanted to go out on my own and do my own thing. And so I, I did that. And it took me a while to, you know, you see me now as a book coach, and I'm really happy doing that. But um, I really jumped around from thing to thing to thing, right, trying to figure out what I really, what resonated with me the most. I started out doing some career coaching because as a female in a technology environment who was successful, I thought, okay, let me help other females who are like me, who are trying to be successful in a very male dominated industry. And I did that for a while, but it just was not, it just, it was not the thing, right? And then because I was meeting small business owners while I was doing that, I thought, oh, okay, let me focus on small business because I can take my, what I've learned in big corporate America and I can apply that to small businesses mm -hmm. on a much smaller scale. And I did that, but um what I found with that is that I had to learn a new language every time I got a new client. So, you know, accounting one week and office products the next week. And I really didn't, didn't really want to do that. And that was when I settled on this bed and breakfast industry. That was great. But 
they um, run on very thin margins and really didn't have the funds to apply to an outside marketing company. And so it just was not a sustainable business for me. Um, so I really feel like that whole journey led me to where I am because in the process of working with the bed and breakfast owners, I wrote that first book and then people started coming to me saying, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? And now that has morphed into, well, that's all I do now is I help people get their, get their books out. Nonfiction only, by the way. I don't do fiction because that's a whole different animal with scenery and dialogue and characters. I don't really do that real well with that. I still have my, you know, bits and bites mentality, so I don't do well with that. But I certainly um, can help people get their other nonfiction and memoirs and things like that out. That's awesome. That's so cool. Cause I mean, you, you've literally gone full circle. Yes. Yeah, gone full yes. Circle, you know? Yes, and, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you found who, who you were or, or a path that you're meant to go on right now. And it's yes. a really right. powerful experience that I, that I hear. I mean, you, and, and when, when were you at um, Auburn? What, what years? To study? Oh, that was in the 70s. So it was yeah. like, I graduated in 74. So yeah. Yeah. So then you have, like you're saying, you know, being one of 200 African-Americans in, in the mm -hmm. school, even though it's mm -hmm. in Alabama, Mm -hmm. had those things to contend with mm -hmm. <laughs> right. at the time because I remember right. that kind of thing I lived like I said I lived in northern Virginia mm -hmm. and it, like those that type of thing didn't really phase me because we had uh I don't even remember maybe a quarter of our school it was still mm -hmm. not a lot of African-Americans mm -hmm. but still, like I grew mm -hmm. up with yeah like, yeah that. and so it was like that didn't phase me but being right imagine just being in that kind of environment and trying to you know figure your life out and yes right this stuff and math yeah now, I don't even want to go there because I can't do math yes okay. anyway yes. so my question <laughs> so you it was interesting you you said you said something about not not wanting or not helping or writing yourself fiction not going into that fiction realm mm -hmm. Um, I've always had a challenge with that after I got out of the military. It was mm -hmm. like I kind of came, came up with my own little stories when I was younger. And yes. then when I joined the military, all of my writing became after action reviews. Mm -hmm. And yes. I was like, every time, and, and here's me being this emotional person trying to understand yes. myself and mm -hmm. writing it as if you know, it was, a, it was this line by line. Yes. It's, what did you call them? Bits. Bits and bites. Bits and bite things. Yeah. It's like, I, here's my, here's my whiteboard and yes. this is what happened. And this is what we did. And this is mm -hmm. what happened. This is what we did. And this is what mm -hmm. happened. But then my writing became mm -hmm. that way. Um, yes. Do you help people shift from like how they were taught to write emotionally or through their, through their, you know, their own healing journey or whatever, um, how they were taught to who they really are and how they can write now, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, going back to that who and that why, I tell people, picture your who, who is that person who is gonna benefit the most from your book? And imagine that you're just having conversation with them. You're sitting down having coffee and you're talking to them. Write the way you would talk to them. So you're not writing in a, as you said, a very rigid 
way, mm -hmm. you're writing in a conversational tone. Mm -hmm. And that becomes much more accessible to people too. And sometimes I even tell people, hey, just dictate, right? Don't even try to write. Just dictate into your phone or into you know several apps that you can you can get to to dictate and then have that transcribed now it's not going to be exact because when we talk we talk in a different cadence and all of that from writing but it certainly would be a way to get the information out of your head in your own voice and then would just need to be cleaned up with an editor and polished up to have make sure sentence structure is correct and all of that so a lot of times that that helps those two things talk at writing as if you're having a conversation and then dictating and having that transcribed as a starting point that's that's a good that's a good point um yeah because and, and in fact it's interesting because mine's kind of flipped backwards because i also like doing speaking but i haven't really mm -hmm. stepped out and done that yet but what i used to do was instead of write, writing like ideas down and talking mm -hmm. about the ideas i would literally mm -hmm. write out everything that i wanted to say in yes the, like long script yeah it, no, it wasn't even a script. It was like just, it was, a, it was a, what do they call those short stories? Yes, yes. So I'm writing it in short story form and then I'm standing in front of people and the first time I did that, I'm like, and I'm like, that's not a talk. <laughs> so learning right. how to do it back, but, but that may be something that can help um, also yes. is if you're a writer that, like, I remember somebody, maybe I'm getting to this point. I remember somebody telling me that, like, I have all this information in my head. I've got all these things that I've collected and this and that mm -hmm. that I want to share and all this. And they were like, just throw it on the paper. Yes. And then we'll go back and look at it and manipulate yes. it and edit it. Because thank goodness for, for modern technology. I have yes. to give kudos in this case. Yes. <laughs> Not in many. But you can yes. go into Word or whatever, you know, book, yes. book uh, software program or whatever, and you can right. move your paragraphs around. Yes. Out and you can That's right. out when you wrote them out That's or right. them, you know, back in the That's day. That's right. <laughs> Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and the other thing I tell people is do not edit and write at the same time yeah. because that's our tendency also. Oh, that sentence isn't quite right. Let me rewrite it. Let me, oh, let me backtrack to that paragraph and rewrite yeah. that. No, yeah. the idea for the first draft, and I tell people it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be what you want it to be, but it's a starting point. It's I say it's like polishing a diamond, right? When it comes out of the, when a diamond comes out of the earth, it's it's black it's rough it's there's no shine to it at all that's your first draft and then you go through a process to polish it up and it comes out sparkling that is the same thing that happens with your writing just get that first draft out of your head as ugly as it may be and then we've got something to work with and and don't feel bad about that because everybody's first draft is ugly if you're not alone with that and it's and that's not easy for those of us who are perfectionists. Perfectionists, yes. And I, I, know. And I also I know. do editing and and um what is the other thing called where you where you just check to see if everything's yes, all the, right. All the well, commas I and everything. And, yes, right. Yeah. Grammar and, so I, yeah. yeah, and I used to do that. And so of course I've got that on my side. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when I when I write, I'm also doing exactly what you're yes, saying. Not right. Thanks for stop that. Order. Stop that now. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Stop> it. <laughs> 
Oh man. Resist, resist. Resist. Well, you know what? It's funny. I'm trying not to resist on certain things, but this particular thing, I think I need to. Yes, Yes, that's right. um, You know, this is, this is great. This is really good information for people to hear because a lot, you know, especially when we're going through our journey and we're trying to understand Mm -hmm. to ourselves who we are um, Mm -hmm. inside of us, that's kind of, that's what I'm doing as this podcast and Mm -hmm. in my life and um, and so a lot of these interviews, what I'll do, and I'm giving you a, I'm going to give you a choice, but some of the interviews, I will either continue conversation and we just enjoy, you know, going back and forth and a little banter or whatever, um, it, uh, just for the rest of the time, or you can do a process with me, a very short process, maybe that you do with your clients, just so people can see, get an idea of what you do. So whatever you choose, I can't remember if we decided to do that. Yeah, I think we said we would try a little bit of a process, a little bit of me coaching you the way I would start out coaching a new client. So let's do that. Okay. (laughs) I'm in. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. What have I got myself into? (laughs) Yes. Right. But it's a safe space, right? So no worries. No worries. Yes. Um, So yeah. So the first question I ask is what are your thoughts about the type of book you want to write? You alluded to it a little bit, that it might be a memoir. Is that what you're thinking? No, not anymore. Now it's, well, I mean, partially, I don't know what it's called. I want to say that it's um, the creative nonfiction part of it, but you will Mm -hmm. tell me, tell me, because basically what's happening, and this is all just within the last few days, Mm -hmm. that I'm finally digging into a part of myself that I, that I um, had brought out years Mm -hmm. ago and I did some research on it and then I kind of went back into the into my life the way it had always been so what the what it is is that I am a highly sensitive person Mm -hmm. not everybody understands what highly sensitive people who highly sensitive people are it's not being sensitive to the things that are going on in the world it's not being under I mean we are sensitive to those things right however it's different because we're we're sensitive in the in the fact that we can feel more deeply than people. We can connect more deeply to our environment. We, yes. um, we connect with animals differently. Like sounds can be too much for us or, you know, like mm-hmm. sirens or lights can be too bright. You know, that, right. that's the sensitivity I'm talking about. Right. And so wrecking, re-recognizing that in myself and knowing that they're like, for me, who's gone through, so maybe it is a memoir, I don't know. So, and, and someone who's gone through trauma, who's mm-hmm. dealt with complex PTSD, mm-hmm. who's been through a situation um, called, they call it parental alienation with my children. So it's like progressive trauma throughout my mm-hmm. life, lack of nurturing and all these mm-hmm. things. And then being told I'm too emotional, I'm a mm-hmm. dreamer, I sit out and the, you know. Mm-hmm. And finally coming to the point where I recognize that it's okay for me to be that. Yeah. So what I want to do, or I'd like to do, and, and what I'm doing right now is I'm putting poems out as, as, as a continuation called Poem Talks of the Ride of My Life. I'm yes. actually sharing all these over a hundred poems that I wrote in the last year as part of my journey. Okay. So okay. I am doing it. I'm putting it in a book yet. So maybe that's yes. the book. Yes. So adding more interesting thoughts and ideas here and no decisions. Um, but I want to help people to understand that if you are highly sensitive, that you can still discover and heal or heal who you are and discover 
yourself in a different light than the world is used to looking at you as. Yes. It's yes. not a how-to book. It's more of a yes. connecting book. Yes. So it's more of a what? I'm sorry. Connection. It's like connection. Yes. Here's so, what I did, and if I yes. can do it, so can you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's I, I would call that a lessons learned. I'm just making a note here. I would call that a lessons learned book. Okay. Uh, now journey. there are and, and yeah, your journey. Um, so he, here's the thing, and uh, you know creative nonfiction. I, I'm not really hung up on any of those kinds of titles, right? Because um, what I have found is that regardless of what the overall structure of the book is, like, like you said, some books may be poetry, some books may be a how-to, some may be a straight memoir. But the thing is, is that regardless of the type of book, you can include personal stories in all of those types of books, right? Mm -hmm. In tips books, even people who write cookbooks, and my daughter just got a cookbook this past weekend and it had personal stories in it you know, along with the recipes, right? Yeah. So you can yeah. always include personal stories. You can always include um, what I would loosely call case studies, things about other people, especially if you've worked with other people. And you can always include tips in, in a book and you can always include... Um, the questions that people want to answer. So what I like to do is say, what is the what is the main message that you want to get? And, and you, you shared that with us is that you can be a highly sensitive person and still navigate through the world successfully and sharing your what your experience has been in doing that and maybe giving people tips and hints on how they can navigate that if they are also highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would position the book. And the other thing I would say is, who would you write the book for, right? Mm -hmm. So even though, yes, anybody who's highly sensitive could use this book or read this book, it's better to pick a group. Maybe, and I'm just throwing things out as brainstorm, it might be, ex-military, retired military. It might be women who are, um, you know, moms. It might be teens, you know, so you want to pick a specific demographic of who you're writing the book for, because then that way, when I tell you, okay, envision that person sitting across from you, you've got a picture. You can't have a picture of everybody in the world <laughs> sitting across from you, right? I can and too. <laughs> And it seems counterintuitive because people go, oh, but I want everybody to read it. It doesn't mean that other people can't pick that book up and read it, right? But what it means is that the people who can benefit the most will be highly attracted to that book. When I see, you know, a book that says, okay, here's a stress reliever for women in corporate, I can say, oh, okay, that book is for me, right? As opposed to a general stress relief book. Or if I see here's tips for the female traveler, as opposed to just general tips, I can say, okay, that book is for me. So what you want is you want to have people look at the title and the subtitle and the description and say, oh, that book was written for me. Mm -hmm. Because there's thousands and thousands of books that are written every day on 
every subject in the world and you want to attract those people that can benefit the most from your book. I see I see what you're saying because even within the highly sensitive the HSP realm there are different mm -hmm. variations of HSP mm -hmm. like for example um, there's like a, a list of 27 um, traits and mm -hmm. you can range on anywhere on that. You all you do is check off what your thing, what, what you know, resonates yes. with you or whatever to figure out. So I happen to be a twenty six out of twenty seven. Okay. So I'm okay. like, okay, <laughs> here we go. So you know, and so when you said that, I was like, okay. So now we're narrowing that down a little bit. So the high, mm -hmm. highly high sensitive people. Yes. Probably right. women. Probably women who mm -hmm. have um, who have a mother wound from a narcissistic mm -hmm. mother who was never in mm -hmm. validated or nurtured, mm -hmm. you know that type of thing. That's where yes. it's like it's kind of narrowing yes. into yes. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay. I like it. Um, so you know, so what and so what we would do after that, after we identify your who, then we would work on a description for the book, right? And what that would be, what would be the biggest benefit that people would get from reading the book? How would their life be changed, right, after they read it? Because that's the next thing is you, you're writing a book for a reason. You're writing the book to help other people. And so how would they be helped? after they finished reading the book. And you may not have the answer today, but that's the kind of thing that we would, you know, we would mm -hmm. brainstorm and say, okay, what's the biggest benefit that they're going to receive? How would their life be changed after they read the book? Because again, mm -hmm. that will inform the way you write it, right? So um, if, you know, one of my um, clients wrote a book on uh, finance, these are the five pillars of a, of a uh, first-class life. And first-class life just meant you can, you have what you need, right, to be happy, right? Oh, and wow. so while she was writing that, we kept coming back to, well, what are the things that it's not always monetary, right? You have to have a basic level of money to be able to survive, but what are the other things? And so we were always able to, as she was going through, because she also, like you, she had written other things. She'd written blog posts and things like that. And we were able to pull the things that apply to this book out of what she had already written as a starting point. Did she have like a, a filing system that ran yay deep? <laughs> well, it was, it was years and years of journals. That's so exactly. she, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And that's the, that's the crazy thing is I, I have literally a stack of journals four feet high. Mm -hmm. I have literally files in my computer since 2000. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember when. It, it's been a yes. long time. Yeah. So yes. it's like, I have all this collection and then I've all got it all in my head. Yeah. And I don't know yes. how that, that must've been challenging for, I don't know. Yeah. Well, but again, you know, we go back to the mind map, right? What are the five things that she wanted to share in this book? And then she went through her notes and her journals and she picked out the things that apply to those five areas. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we would do with you. Once we came up with your mind map of what are the things that you want to cover and then you would go through your journals and pick out the things that apply to each one of those. Uh, one, one of my clients was is a breast cancer survivor and she wanted to write a book about her experience of 
building a support team, family, doctors, et cetera, that would help a survivor get through this ordeal. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like a combination of a memoir and a how-to because she shared her journey from the time that she got diagnosed to the time that she had her operation. And along the way though, she shared tips on okay, what do you ask the doctor? I mean, you, you may be the first person in your family who's even ever had this diagnosis and you're clueless. And so how do you do that? What is the sequence of events that you should talk to the various doctors? Mm -hmm. so, um, so again, she was another one who had a lot of information based on her going through that journey. And we pulled out the pieces that applied like transportation or you know, finances, or what do you talk to the doctors about? What about clothing? Yeah, so we picked all of those categories and then pulled her information into those various categories. Interesting. Yeah. And that's that you're giving me ideas. I keep writing down. <laughs> good, like, ah. good, good, good. That's, that's the whole idea. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's fantastic because, um, you know, sometimes when we're, when we're by ourselves and we don't have someone to do, to do this with. Yes. You know, and for me being as analytical as I am, I have stuff mm -hmm. bouncing in my head all the yes. time, all the yes. time. And sometimes even yes. at night, I've gotten better at it while I'm sleeping, but <laughs> thank goodness. But during the day, yes. it's like, what do I do here? How's this going to work? What's going to yes. happen now? What is it? Yes. Trying to piece all this stuff together and you can't, and I'm a talker, obviously. I have to talk mm -hmm. my way through to my mm -hmm. answer. That's just my design. Yes. That's who I was yes. to be, which is maybe yes. I'm a speaker too. You know, mm -hmm. I keep so someday <laughs> white books, someday be a speaker, someday. Yes. 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 I don't know. That's this right. Is. But yeah, That's and it's like, right. um, and and I think for me, I mean, I could do a real quick say a real quick one is like with eight with with highly sensitive people have gone through what I've been what I went through trauma, you know, different. Uh, people who didn't understand them, people or mm -hmm. misunderstood them, people who um, just totally kind of pushed them away because they thought mm -hmm. they were weird, weird, you know, whatever. Right. It's like being able to heal from that mm -hmm. trauma. And, and for me also, there was like a separation from, from God, from my, from a higher power completely mm -hmm. throughout my entire life. And it's actually shifting me back in because what I've also discovered is that, um, as I'm learning more about myself now, it's like highly sensitive people are already aware. We're already yes. conscious. We're already yes. in a higher sense of consciousness, but we mm -hmm. don't know that because we've been crushed. Yes. You know? and it's right. like, ah! So getting right. out of that crush back into, you know, and I do this, I like doing this, this is my new thing now. Oh! <laughs> you know, so the discovery, yes. the discovery, yes. you know, it's like, and, and being able to write this for people, it's just, that's where my passion comes out, obviously. Yes, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, though. I mean, you should be passionate about what you're writing about. Yeah, uh, uh, that's for sure. Not yeah. an after action review in the middle. <laughs> that's middle. right. Yeah. So um, was there, is there more to the process or is this just the well, that's just, That would just be the first couple of conversations. Got and it. then okay. I have a structured process. That's my, you know, that's my math background, structured process. And and that's why I think I, I work well with people who 
tend to be on the more creative side because I can understand that side, but I can also keep you on task, right? So that whole accountability, you know, you can ramble on and you can talk. And then I remind you that, okay, but we said we were going to get X, Y, and Z done. So let's, let's get that done, right? Come back, come back in. Come back, come back, get back on the path, right? Yeah, really wow, path. I love exactly that. Right. Because exactly you can right. see both sides of the yes. of point, yes. you know? You right. are both sides of the coin. So you're like, right. where that they're going to be going off on tangent. Yep. And yep. I know how to reel them back in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I that's love right. that. I love that so much. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? Because we actually went through this quicker than I thought. <laughs> No, um, I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, I do want to go back to the 90-day thing for a minute, though, because even though I wrote my book, actually, I've written two books. The, the second one was my process. And, you know, if somebody wanted to read that book and kind of go through the process on their own. And I did write both of those in 90 days, but, but I was highly motivated and it was my top priority. For most of my clients, it's not realistic to do that because they've got jobs and families and other things that are also priorities. So it usually takes about six months is more the average time that my clients take to get their books done. So I just wanted to throw that out because I don't want to scare people by thinking, oh, this is yeah. going to be a whirlwind, you know, yeah. thing here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being honest about that because I have, you know, when you're on Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. and they have these things pop up and they're like, oh, you can write your book in two weeks. Oh, you yeah. Well, we not yes. everybody has the option of being on a secluded island yes, for that's right. two weeks or 90 days or whatever that's right. to just write. We live in that's life. Right. We have life. That's right. You know? And but, I'll tell you, most of those books are... Um, there are uh, there are things like tip books, right? Because you could write a tip book in a weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Or they are very... Um, simplistic, uh, you know, quotes, books, things like that. So yes, books. you, like yes, books that get put out. Right. right. Yeah. So you can yeah. absolutely do it, but to do the type of book that you and I are talking about, it's would be very difficult to get it. I mean, I would say impossible to get it done in a weekend or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely impossible. And then you also, I think you mentioned this at the beginning. I'm not, and I'm sure you, I'm sure it is the case because because if you're coaching someone how to write a book, you're also <laughs> helping them show them how to do the uh, the publishing and, and yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I do work with people who want to self-publish. Uh, publishing with a traditional publishing house is a totally different animal, uh, and it takes. I mean, we talked about six months. It usually takes. 24 to 48 months for you to go through a traditional publishing He's contract because you have to fit you have to fit into their engine and you know all of that and also it's very difficult for a first-time author to get a traditional publishing contract because it that industry has consolidated just like everything else has consolidated and they don't want to take a chance on an unknown author unless that person brings with them a huge platform, like, you know, thousands of social media fans already been in the news. They already have almost like a sure thing that right, if the right. book is going to sell. So I really focus on self-publishing and 
uh, with that, you have the flexibility of being able to publish faster. Mm -hmm. And you also have total control over your book. You, no one is telling you what needs to be included or not. No one's telling you what the price should be. You set your own price within reason, obviously. But that's one of the reasons I like self-publishing. And it doesn't stop you from getting a traditional contract down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the really popular ones... Um, Marie Kondo, uh, that Art of Tidying Up, which was so big. Yeah. Uh, I think she originally self-published that and then was picked up by a traditional publisher after it became very successful. So yes. it's not okay. it's not an either or, but for me, self-publishing is a way to get your information out there in the fastest way possible. But also what I do is I pull in, as we were talking about earlier, professional editor, professional layout person, professional book cover designer, because you don't want that book to look like you did it in your basement, right? You want it to look professional and match the brand that you're trying to put out into the world. So, mm -hmm. uh, so even though we self-publish, we still pull in professionals to do those things that only they know how to do really right. the right way. Right. And if you if you're limited on on funds, then because like mm -hmm. there are professional editors and layout or design, mm -hmm. whatever designers, book cover designers on like Fiverr mm -hmm. or something like that, that you can mm -hmm. use that are really good. They're actually mm -hmm. really good, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not that I've done anything yet, but I've seen them look at it and right. they look, you know, whatever. Right. But also, too, if you're creative and you really want to get into staying, I would think staying within your own, like keep, keeping it your own, you could go on mm -hmm. Canva and create your own design for book cover. Right. You know, um, right. As well. And because I love doing that kind of stuff personally, mm -hmm. I love going on mm -hmm. Canva and doing my own things. Right. So that's an option. Yeah. And I was also going to ask you there's a book. I don't know if they still publish it or not, but it's a book about publishing companies. Mm -hmm. It's like this thick. And mm -hmm. I remember getting one and I remember like trying to understand what, you know, finding these publishing companies or whatever. Do you, it's not, mm, um, most of those public publishing companies go out of business here and there and, you know, whatever. So the book is kind of made, I think possibly they might be online. I haven't done any research mm -hmm. on that recently, but um do you also have something in your in your side pocket of publishers that you can connect people with if they decided they wanted to go to a publisher? Maybe they have already published their book or they just got done working with you and they're ready to put it out, but they're considering, you know, um, going to another publisher like you're talking about. Do you yeah, I, I, yeah, good question. I don't have a standard list that I send people to. Okay. Usually if someone is wanting to go that route, we will look at the type of book that they are wanting to write and then seek out some publishers that work with those types of books. Because believe it or not, most publishers now specialize in certain types of books, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and there are a lot of them out there and there's lots of different models, some hybrid and some traditional. And so, yeah, so we really take it on a case by case basis. Uh, okay. there, there are some books though that are put out by, um, I want to say it's Publishers Weekly magazine. I think that they publish a Bible, if you will, of publishers and things like that. But I would say definitely do your homework for mm -hmm. one thing when you approach these publishers, because um, 
and, and look at the fine print of what it is that they're offering because you can get burned by some by not understanding if you will what it is that they're offering versus what it is that you you want to get out of that and, and then one other thing about using some of the tools that are out there yeah you're right you can use a Canva or something like that but you also want to make sure that you have some knowledge of what a good book cover should look like yeah. because you know you look at it online on Amazon or one of the other retail sites it's in a very small thumbnail size and so the colors that you pick the, the fonts that you pick the even the cover image that you pick have to show properly on those online sites or people won't click on them mm. so it's not just um, let's put up something that looks good to you but it should also fit what will attract your buyer yeah yeah that's really good information um and 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 just ask questions i figure i feel like yes. if you just ask the questions and i'm trying to yes. ask the questions that i yes. that somebody would be asking so that's yes with this. and then there's another piece to it because i was i actually wrote a chapter in someone else's book and yes. i started my am <laughs> I haven't gotten anything for it yet because I don't know how to do it, but it's on there. So um, I have my Amazon um, author page yes. up, but yes. um, are you able to help people with help getting yes. that started? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Help people get their author page up. Yes, absolutely. And, and really it's great because it's another way for you to advertise, if you will, without paying anything for advertising. Right. Those author pages are free. Right. And so you put that up there and then if somebody clicks on that, your book and they get to see what other things you've done, you can connect your blog posts. Like my author page, I've connected my blog posts so that every time I post a blog that shows up on my author page, you can post other images on your author page. So it really is a great tool for an author that is totally free. That's interesting. I had no clue. Look what I learned today. Now I got to right. figure out so how to go out there and, and populate your author page, Caroline. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. More stuff. Because you I do put all links, my... You could put links to your podcast on there. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I mean, there's just like, th there goes my, my too much information overwhelming yes. brain again, you know, yes. because there's just so much to learn and I'm doing it all myself. So it's like, yes. when I hear this, I get excited and then I'm like, yes. nah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you have to prioritize. I, get I know, it. and I don't know what to prioritize anymore. <laughs> That's all right. We'll figure it out. We're getting there. That's um, right. Yeah, so th this was such good information, and I'm so yeah. glad I brought you on here because this has been a struggle for me personally mm -hmm. my, mm -hmm. for the last 20 years, basically, overall. Yeah. Yes. And I'm so wanting to at least get started publishing my, um, my mm -hmm. poem book. Mm -hmm. um but I'll mm -hmm. get there I'll get there yeah right I can put that's that right. on Amazon and yeah, yeah that's right yeah um so I'm I'm really grateful that you decided or we decided to do this and yes. I, I reached back out to you because this is yes. really good information for people um good to to find out because like as as an individual has no clue mm -hmm. most of the time about how to do this it's good to have somebody on their side so that's here's right. Somebody, here's a perfect somebody. That's, that's right. Somebody. That's right. Yeah, I, I like to tell people that I worry about all that publishing stuff. So all you have to worry about is getting the content out of your head. 
<laughs> out of your head. Okay. Right? Thanks well, a it, lot, Linda. <laughs> yeah, it has certainly been a pleasure, Caroline. I yeah, so enjoyed our conversation today. You too. And I want you to share uh, one link, even though I'm going to put them out on YouTube and, and Anchor and and so people can find them. Um, yes. If you could just share one link on how people can get in touch with sure, you. Sure, sure. They can, they can reach me at expertauthor411, the number 411.com. And my contact page has all of my social media links and everything, and my phone and everything else that you need to get in touch with me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ms. Linda. I appreciate okay. you so much. And thank you. thank you for being here on the ride of my life and learning all about my crazy uh, writing journey. <laughs> and uh, well, I hope to see you next week, whatever that means. Have a great moment wherever you are and blessings. Take care.